I'm Ryan, the other guy's Jordan, and this is Two Angles on Angling. another episode of two angles on angling this is jordan with my co-host it's ryan guys what's up so we've been gone for uh almost three weeks almost three weeks yeah uh the holidays have since passed life is getting you know pattern of life is getting more stable again uh ryan and i this this morning well midday pretty much got a great session on the water yeah so we'll uh recap that real quick yeah i mean that's like that's just kind of the summary of because if you think about over the past chunk of uh time it's basically been close to three weeks Mm -hmm. you know including today i've fished seven days in three weeks which is barely anything um i fished three days in those three or sorry five days in those three weeks, yeah so. you know like so it's uh we've we've definitely gotten session but i'm saying like yeah. g- given my normal given For my sure. my pace like that's a super laid back pace yeah. and like part of it <clears throat> was because you know we had crappy weather you know part of it was uh, the holidays, but mm-hmm. I fished on Christmas Eve. You know, I fished with uh, Nate and his boys, uh, Colt and Liam, on Christmas Eve. <clears throat> but we did have, you know, a, a solid hit of snow. We had some some muddy water and some wind and uh, just general nastiness. So, but you could have fished a lot of those days uh, and and gotten away with it. I just I just chilled, you know, got through the holidays and relaxed and had a good time. But you know, like the, uh, but just you fast forward to today, it's like, so I hadn't been out there since way before Christmas. So that's almost like, it's like what, 10, more than 10, 12 days ago. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> Even 13 days ago. It's so almost two weeks ago. <clears throat> and you and I went out there and, you know, give the late, give the audience the lay down of, the conditions, the setup, even start with the phone call from this morning. Yeah. So two days ago or a day ago, Ryan asked if I was, yeah, two days ago, you asked if I was free to fish Saturday or Sunday. said, not Saturday, but I am, am definitely free Sunday. Said, okay, let's, let's, uh, let's talk at 8 a.m. on Sunday, see what the conditions are looking like and we'll go from there. And he called this morning a little bit before eight and very, we were very hesitant on, on even going out today. Erie wasn't, the conditions were looking pretty hostile and not anything that we wanted to go out in. Yeah, like it, super cold, seemed, like twenties. Yeah. Uh, and then we thought about going to the lower, but then, you know, that just, that, that wasn't a, too appealing overall. And then we said, okay, well, why don't we just record the podcast early today? And then last minute, 
Ryan changed his mind, yeah, thankfully, so, and said, all right, let's head out to Erie. Let me explain that, though, for a second. Because, yeah, sure. uh, you know, after I changed my mind, I'm like, oh, you know what? This would be really interesting to spend, like, a minute on in the podcast. And that, so I, I was like, I mean, dude, I looked at wind chill was 19 degrees. The air temperature was just over 20, like 20, I think it was like 27 or something like that. Uh, there was a significant you know, Northwest, like eight gusting to 12. <clears throat> so I'm, I was thinking like, if you go out into that deep water area where I usually fish this time of year, like we'd be fully exposed and, and we'd have bigger waves. <clears throat> but then, and that's what I told you. I'm like, okay, so we got bigger waves. It's overcast. There's the wind chills in the teens like all the ingredients for bailing just are there, you know? <clears throat> yeah. But then, so I was like, well, you know, let's, let's report, record the podcast here in a little while and see where this goes. Like we can do, we can do it on the road. Mm -hmm. Just check out, do some recon. <clears throat> and then about a half an hour, I was like, let's meet at nine. So at around eight 30, I uh, refreshed, you know, the NOAA, uh, the, the weather station at Buffalo. Uh, the one at the Coast Guard station there, I refreshed that. And the wind had dropped, you know, a little bit, like a mile per hour. But it was like steady or and or dropping since I had talked to you. And I'm like, you know what? Fuck it, dude. Let me just, let's uh, just trailer the boat. And because uh, we were going to recon from the harbor anyway and maybe record from the, har the mm -hmm. harbor. So I'm, I'm just thought like, you know what? It was like the bitch in me that thought dude that just even denied the possibility of just let's trailering it and see what happens like that's you know borderline two weeks of complacency that forces it's like then i just kicked myself in the ass and like no nah, man we're gonna trailer it mm -hmm. all right well to so pick it up from there buddy it was a worthwhile endeavor yeah once uh, we came over the skyline, man, it looked beautiful. Yes, out there. it did. And then, you know, we came around the break wall, and that, that is always the moment of truth. Yes. Because within that, once you get past the South Gap there, that's where the waves are the yeah, biggest. That's where yeah. you know where, how your day is going to be going. And we rounded that, and it was smooth sailing. Like we, we had a, a very smooth drive out there, saw a lot of. A lot of water, excuse me, a lot of waterfowl, yeah. which was awesome. Uh, so we got out there. Once we got further out, the waves, you know, they, they kind of switched direction, it seemed a bit. So, like, it yeah, we're just more exposed yeah. to the northwest when yeah. you're further offshore like that. So, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And we got out there. There was two other boats out, which was fucking Canadians. <laughs> pretty surprising. Yeah. Uh, they were both and Canadians. They were not American. We were the only boat that launched. We were the only U.S. boat fishing U.S. water, weirdly. But anyway, we there, there weren't. We weren't in each other's way. No, there was plenty uh, of room. Yeah. And that, the one, uh, the one group of guys, they were just doing super long drifts, like pretty far off yeah. from where we, we were. were and anyway, because they were so always they were, behind us, we weren't really paying yeah. attention then. The, the guys to the right of us were catching at the same rate it's in some instances even more than us because they were spot locking but anyway yeah we, we were so, just drifting the whole time yeah <laughs> and it was a good a good pace and we were fishing 
JDO Lure Co. Thank you, thank you. Uh, JDO Lure Co. Bucktail Jigs. Strictly. And white. To be, to be honest, purple. I don't actually remember what size because... Five-eighths. Were they the five-eighths? Yeah. Okay, five-eighths then. Uh, and yeah, it was an experience that I, I've never had an experience <laughs> like that uh, in January. Uh, last time, so I said to uh, Ryan this morning before we got out there, that on January 11th last year, we went out and then we caught one fish and it was a walleye. And the conditions were way different than they were today. Yeah. Today was the... Look perfect. I mean, for, for me it was, I have not laid into a uh, smallmouth in a while. So yeah. we we went on a tear for a while. The first catch of the day was a double up on two pretty respectable size. Yeah, like what, know, what my I, that was like my biggest fish of the day. I think was that first yeah, one or, yeah. or close to it. And, yeah, <clears throat> but the sure. thing, but the, what what the connecting tissue to the general pattern is. So it had been almost two weeks. Yeah, and since I had been out there, and I went to the exact same zone that I was catching fish on Christmas Eve, and they were still there. Yeah. They're slightly, like, in a slightly different position. But, uh, like, we have found them immediately. Like, it was not even five minutes into the first mm -hmm. drift when I connected to that one. And then I look over in your bet, and I'm like, yeah. fuck, dude, double yeah. right away. Yeah. Banger. So Yep. Then uh, had another double right, right after. Then uh, we really started to dial in the bite, and things got pretty fun for about an hour stretch there it seemed or roughly yeah, that was crazy and then we <clears throat> we explored out a little bit for a short stretch of time and it did not pro well it produced what i think two right uh but nothing nothing worth staying so we ended up going back and uh expanded from that first zone a little bit more and ended up catching I I mean, most of them were over over two. I would yeah, say. yeah, like, for sure, they, dude. Th there weren't. There was one that was kind of ratty, but besides that, they were all like two and a half, three pounders, and caught thirty total uh, for the day. And well, yeah, I mean, we were out get, for a so one one of the fish that you got was uh, <clears throat> slightly over twenty. So yeah, yeah, you know, twenty that, and a half. Yeah. So that so that fish. I mean, that's easy. I mean, that might be a five, dude. Like this time of year, it, yeah. it's probably a five pound fish, you know, like it just like right on it. Mm -hmm. And uh, I got, I didn't, I don't, I didn't get anything in the five, but I would say there were more upper threes, low fours than any, like there was the occasional two, but I think the majority of the fish were in that upper three, four pound yeah. class, <clears throat> especially when, the bite started getting uh, harder and, and we were catching less. What we ended up catching were bigger ones, but it was also because we were expanding out into deeper water and um, just keep kept those range rings, just kept expanding the range ring from a, a central zone that we kept finding them. <clears throat> but it was fun, dude. Yeah. You know? the, the color pattern was all if we took a picture of all of them it would have been it would have been crazy to see them all lined up because they 
they had like every single, almost every attribute that smallmouth can get color wise. Yeah, except for except for it. green. Yeah, or the really dark brown. Like, yeah. We didn't get that either, of course. But yeah, like everything in between, we had it. It was yeah, like beautiful golds and like yeah, like uh, that, bronze and just uh, really really cool, like almost walleye like colors. Yep, you know? yep. <clears throat> and then that one really dark barred up one with the yep. beautiful warp. Yeah, paint, that one was. That was one of the smaller ones of the day, but yeah, that was one of the darker patterned ones for sure. No so, other species, all all smallmouth. So that was yeah. that was awesome. We were we were hoping for a walleye or so in there just to mix things up. At at one point, we did see the other boat started catching some perch, and I was getting bit like crazy for a few minutes, and you know that makes sense. So we were around some perch. Uh, but yeah, that was a super fun bite. Just yeah, you know, slowly jigging it along, and it, as soon as it hit the bottom, or like right before it was about to hit the bottom, they yeah. would just and hammer it, and it was it was it was fun. And, and some of them were not completely airborne, but some of them were were getting up there for sure. They were as soon as they were breaching the surface, they were dancing. It was uh, it was cool, man. Time. Yeah, it was a little bit. So I went out there, and I don't know if it would have been any different had I done this, but like the last time that I was out there with Nate and Colt and Liam, um, I was just trolling around emeralds for whatever would bite, and uh, we caught good numbers of uh, of smallmouth that day. Um, you know, just pulling like. You know, both of them are just, we were just basically bottom bouncing, you know, and, and uh, I think we, we, we boated like close to 50 fish that day in about a, a four hour session, but it was glass um, and uh, it was all using live bait. Uh, today was just, the only thing that was weird about today is like the wind would never stay. It would like come for yeah. a little bit we'd get pushed around and, you know, actually cover some water at a good clip. Yeah. Then other times we'd stall out. Then change direction yeah. at the end there, which that definitely helped. Yeah. Know, helped with the, the, yeah, get, the, the when it, again. when it started to get more West, it was the action picked up yeah. again. Um, but it, it, a lot of it has to do with speed, like how fast you're covering, mm -hmm. how fast you're covering water down there. And, but yeah, I mean, on the general pattern of things, like, yeah, so nothing's changed out there. And the crazy thing is, dude, is that, like, literally very nothing has changed, yeah. you know, since the, the, the weeks that we've done the last podcast. There's, well, I'll say that there's one, one major change in that uh, there's less bait around. Mm -hmm. um, and everything that's, like, trying to eat right now is is almost exclusively eating bait like is trying to eat minnows or things that look like minnows you know like the whole egg thing in the lower niagara is i'm sure you could drift you know bags down there if you want to but if you want to catch a lot of fish like you're going to use emeralds or live bait you know something <clears throat> and out on erie today you just got to be in deeper stuff and the color white you know and but that's the main thing they're keyed in on is, uh, you know, smelt or whatever they can get their, their hand, juvenile alewives, mm -hmm. you know, whatever they can get their hands on or their mouths on. But it's like not a lot has changed, man. Like that, like I said, almost three weeks have gone by and that's the general pattern of things is the water temperature is still like 40, I think 41 this morning. 
which it's only been this warm like three or four times since we've been recording the water temperature in Lake Erie. So it's it's balmy out there. Like you, you can, it's definitely like a late fall pattern still. Um, like late fall, just kind of scraping winter uh, pattern. Um, so not a lot's not a lot's changed there, folks, as far as the the general fishing scene. Um, what what kind of adventures did you go on fishing wise outside of? Uh, yeah, so uh, I did get in quite a few few hikes over the the weeks that we were gone, um, and, and within that, uh, also fished a bit. And I, I last year, and I believe also the year before, I caught a fish on the first day of the year or the last day of and the first day. So. Uh, I figured this year I owe it to myself to at least go cast a freaking line in the water. New Year's Day. Uh, well, the, <clears throat> uh, the last day of December, and I did on, on New Year's Day. Did not catch anything, but it was a, a fun endeavor nonetheless. And then this past Wednesday of this week, I walked quite a lot of water on 18-mile 18, uh, 18 Erie, and that was... You see not, other guys? I did, Good. yeah. Uh, I, I it was not fruitful for me, but it was nice to walk a lot of a lot of new water and see different sites and kind of figure things out. You know, right. just find where some more of the deep holes are and uh, see what's happening. But very uh, <clears throat> common theme on the land side of things lately. Uh, to touch on that. So when I was on a few of my hikes, I saw these beaver dams being built, which is always, you know, yeah. super cool. And when I was down in PA, another beaver dam uh, being okay. built. So now, I'll show you the photo after. Uh, I was walking 18, and there were these giant poplar trees. Giant. And these beavers had them, like nod you know pretty hmm. far through uh and with how tall these trees are i was thinking like if one of these or when one of these falls across this is just going to scrape the other side of the canyon wall you know wow yeah those are yeah those are massive trees so and and that that one i just showed you wasn't even that's the that's the monster one that they were taking down. Yeah, so they got plans there. That's nuts, man. It's super nuts. So that, that was my... Nuts. I still haven't laid eyes I on it. I mean, I couldn't even wrap my arms around that No, tree. no. Yeah, it's I... It's huge. Yeah. I have still not witnessed or seen a beaver in, in, with my own eyes in person, but... What? I've seen dams all the time now, so it's only a matter of time. Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah, it's 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 weird, dude. This year I've seen a lot of beavers on the lower Niagara, and it might be the same one. I I don't know, but like I, I up by that the uh, the art park, uh, that big spillway by art park, like <clears throat> for a couple days in a row, I would see this beaver in that in there consistently, like pulling up sapling, saplings, and he would just walk up on the bank carrying it and then disappear. I don't know where they would go. They must have some sort of den, like, on the other, like, 
like behind the concrete of the spillway. They must mm. have something something built back in there. Mm. I don't know. That's the only place where they could have something protected with mm. yet yeah, with a bunch of moisture around. But because on the lower Niagara, like I always think about, like when I see a a beaver down there, I'm like, dude, what do you think you're going to accomplish down there? Especially pulling saplings around. Like, look at this, man. Like, there's no. <laughs> You're, I don't care what you put in here. Like, there's no way you're damming this up, you know? Like, it's just got to be weird. That beaver has got to be a different type of beaver. Like, they they don't they don't aspire to, like, yeah. like uh, their pattern of life is far different. Than yeah, like, like on, lake yeah. beavers, dude. Yes. Lake yeah. beavers, like, just build these houses on the yeah. bank. And they're not actually really controlling the flow of a lot of water and stuff. They're yeah. just building these homes, and they just chill out there. For sure. And, and like, so with these big trees that this beaver's taken down at 18, my thought mm-hmm. is a few things. One, I know that you're just a beaver and you're just doing your thing, but you're like really just sacrificing the only old growth trees that are like left in right. this section. So I guess do what you got to do though. And also, once this does fall, like what's going to happen? What's next? going to happen next, <laughs> right. dude? There, someone's going to chop it and, and cut it down, cut it up. So it's like, you know, uh, you got to put beaver uh, guards on trees. Like that, mm. that used to be a problem on a uh, mm. motorboat island and Strawberry Island. Beavers were like they ravaged a lot of the trees on those islands, and what dudes ended up doing from the Niagara Muskie Association <clears> was uh, going out. And putting uh, like protective wiring around the base of all the trees in there, so the beavers couldn't chew through it. Should I, should I start trapping beaver? Is that a thing? Can, it's can definitely a still? thing. Yeah, yeah. There's news. I mean, you got to get approval from uh, from certain entities. I, and I, I, I don't know, man. My my buddy Mike Monin's a big trapper. Like he uh, he knows all about this stuff. And if people have like a nuisance like a a, let's say for example you have a creek running through your yard and some beavers show up in there and start like damming up that creek and it's flooding out your backyard Mm -hmm. like you can take that beaver out Mm -hmm. and have it removed and the way that they do that is a lot of times they trap it but i think you can get a permit to like trap and kill them and like you know use their pelts and stuff it's definitely a thing Mm -hmm. it's it's definitely a thing to do but um yeah i mean yeah, it just that's that was like my new fascination this last few weeks is yeah. beavers. It's like uh, they're very skillful and they know they oh, know yeah. what they're doing. And the other dam I saw was at uh, Rheinstein, and it was with black cherry trees, which was super super cool to see. Yeah. Um, and also, are you familiar with uh, it's called ironwood, or there, there's. Muscle woods, another name for it. I can't think of the actual what uh, genus or anything, those terms, but it's one of the like densest hardwoods, I believe. It's like, where is it? Uh, it grows throughout uh, the whole Northeast. There, there's usually not a bunch of them from my experience, hmm. it's just like one or two in an area. But like when you look at it, it looks like a muscle, like someone's flexing their arm or something as it's going up. And it's very, it has very smooth bark, but it's uh. Never heard very of interesting, it. very interesting tree. But the beaver was taking that one down too, and I know like it's a notorious, like notoriously hard wood, and it's just like crazy to me to think that they just have that capability. Yeah, they gotta have and personal how quick preference. They can, you know, because the I, the one at Rheinstein, I went a week apart, and I saw the progress that it made. And like when I was there with my buddy Lonnie, I was like, tomorrow, 
that one's down. No doubt about it. Yeah. And I went back a few weeks later, or a week later, excuse me, and it was. So that was hmm. pretty cool to keep an eye up on that as well. Yeah, and, and I mean, now that we finally have a little bit of snow on the ground, and it's not lasting, I mean, it's already mostly puddles, but you yeah. can... It's the one thing that's cool about the winter time is that, like the the when you have all that snow around absorbing sound, like things are way quieter and there's yeah, a lot more contrast. More, I've been you know? picking up on more birds. Yeah, for sure. You, like 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 all the birds just pop like yeah. crazy when you have snow out because yeah. they're you know they're dark. They're, everything's darker than mm-hmm. it. You know, it's uh. We're you know, I, we're not uh, like looking towards this upcoming week. Like I mean, we are slowly slipping into a winter pattern again. Like I've seen some forecasts for this this week that had like Saturday like peaking out at fifty, uh, but then turning into like this crazy windstorm and like I, I've seen all kinds of just crazy forecasts for the weekend, like lots of snow and all kinds of chaos. Like it just doesn't seem to keep change to keep uh, to change much every time I look at it. But tomorrow looks very fishable and then it's supposed to snow uh, rain like crazy on Tuesday almost an inch. <clears throat> Plus with there's a wind is supposed to get up to 65 miles an hour like forecasting over 10 foot waves on an eerie and uh and ontario so if that happens on tuesday the system will be shot wednesday thursday and friday uh and if the weekend is you know greets us with seven inches of snow like and then it's supposed to like drop down into the 20s and stay in the 20s and actually you know stick towards the winter so you know i don't have much going on this upcoming week man yeah I'm going to get some medical stuff done, get the oil changed in the boat and just kind of continue to relax. Yeah, I'm, I'm off this week. Well, tomorrow, after tomorrow, I'm off for the rest of the week, heading down to Pennsylvania and I do plan to fish, catch some brown trout, uh, down there. And if not some, uh, some Creek suckers. (laughs) So whatever, you know, it's, it's, it's action. It's worth it. You know, fuck yeah, dude. Uh, and see see what else it, you know what other hikes I can get in uh this week as well and because you know the hike just yeah. put, you know get the get the rain gear on if I'm gonna you know uh then just you know get it done but something else to bring up for the longer forecast for uh our different patterns of life the yeah. Niagara Fishing Expo is coming up in February yeah. That's getting close. Yes. So JDO Lure Co. will be there. Bucktails all day. February 15th, 16th, 17th, and 18th. I will be doing seminars. I don't know exactly which ones are set in stone and the times and everything quite yet. But I will be doing some seminars. And yeah, come check it out. Pick up some merch, some lures. You'll see me there. And yeah, let's talk fishing. Nice. So everyone uh, get their tickets, go to that, enjoy it. Sweet, bro. Well, yeah. for the uh, that reminds me, it's a good, it's a good transition for the getting deep portion of this because uh, the back half of like, I, unfortunately, I'll be gone because the the expo butts up against my daughter's uh, winter break, 
So mm. that Saturday and Sunday, I'll be flying. I'll be flying out of here, to going down to Florida. But the the transition I'm talking about is now that we got time off. It's the beginning of the year. This is the time of year that I always plan all my vacations for the year, and I encourage everybody else to do it. Um, and it's uh, it's one of the things that I I think it's just if you force yourself to do it at the beginning of the year and you commit to dates and it just, it gives you something to look forward to. Mm. It gives you something to, to save or commit resources towards. Like it's just a reason to, uh, behind the income you generate throughout the year, or it's just something for you to, to, to look forward to mm-hmm. as a good break, however you want to look at it. But mm-hmm. um, it's, it's just like their goals, you know, yeah, goals sure. to have a good time set aside to have a good time. And it, they become real when you put dates on them, right? Um, so I'm gonna just talk, like, talk about, uh, you know, my like my recommendations as far as when to go on vacations and how to go about doing it. And then uh, you got a vacation that you're thinking of that mm-hmm. uh, that you can get deep on, and then we'll just kind of see where the conversation goes. But for sure, the uh, so. Uh, of course, the biggest constraint in vacations is is going to be money and time. But uh, assume that you, you know, both of those things are going to be, you know, limited to varying degrees depending on, on who we're talking to. But I'll say this, that nobody, nobody, unless you're fully retired and you don't have to work anymore, um, you can't just go on vacation whenever you want. However, um, everybody's pattern of life is different. And so I think every month of the year offers an opportunity or a particular demographic, uh, the opportunity to, to vacation. So, so for example, like January, um, January is going to be, especially in, year, in upcoming years, but it, not so much for me this year. Uh, but January is like the ideal month to vacation anywhere in this country um, because it's ridiculously cheap to travel around. Nobody's really traveling this time of year. Um, hotel stays are really cheap just about everywhere. Uh, so if I'm thinking of like somewhere, if, if I want to fish in January, then I want to commit to hard water. Like, so go extreme, like go, mm-hmm. you know, up to North Dakota or Minnesota and like book ice fishing trips or up in Canada, book yeah. ice fishing trips. That'd be a blast. Or, you know, do something in Florida for my, uh, like a coastal thing, like mm-hmm. any of the coastal states where it's warm, but like, no, there's nowhere in between. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. um, if you're going to go on a vacation during those times of year, that's angling fo- focused. And my thing, it's either, you either commit all the way to being winter or you get out of all yeah. of this and you go yeah. to where it's warm and it's comfortable. Uh, the latter is ridiculously expensive, but if you can afford it, go for it. The former is also kind of pricey, but far more affordable. And you can do some DIY stuff too. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, what I think is a sleeper of a trip, uh, it, that's something that, and, and this applies to February as well. Um, but a sleeper of a thing is to do what I did a few years ago, where you you go from flying to Vegas and fly out of Salt Lake city and just go to all those Western national parks, you know, like go somewhere out West in the, like uh, in the desert 
because it's ridiculously cold, but it's dry. It never snows. It's sunny all the time. It's crisp. And the nice thing is, is there's nobody else out there, you know? Um, but like, I don't know, dude, in your experience, if you're, uh, if you're going to go out and let's say the, uh, the spring, like let's go past like cause January and February is about the same, but once you get into March, April, May, what places pop out in your head of, of where you would go? Do you want to travel somewhere? Like where would you want to go during March, April, or May? Any, any of those three months? Hmm. Why? I mean, historically I'm more starting to gear towards the Finger Lakes region, but beyond that, I haven't put much thought into where I would want to, travel more uh you've gone down to virginia that. during that, that time february period. usually yeah but yeah I, I would like to go down to virginia again as well a little bit closer to that that time frame um that you know like every anytime i've been down there my body's yeah. like yeah right, right in a few months it'll be absolutely wild you know so that would be that would be something something cool to experience um the general point that I'm trying to make oh, here, yeah. though, is like you got to think about the times of year that you can take a break. Mm -hmm. So, it, like you, I guess what I'm encouraging is for people to actually like look at a year of their life mm -hmm. and how would they want it to be. Yeah. Right. This is and, and how how travel fits in is everybody's got jobs and constraints or whatever it is, but part of the planning of travel is deciding like, okay, what are the things that you want to do and what do you mm -hmm. want to experience? And when can you actually do it? Mm -hmm. You know, like, uh, it, it's that's step one is like, when can you actually do it? There are a lot of pros to going on vacations during the winter time, especially when nobody else is doing it. And it doesn't mm -hmm. necessarily have to be winter oriented trips, mm -hmm. but just, plotting out uh same thing goes for spring summer is when most people are vacationing yeah. so it's it's tough to vacation during the summer it's always more expensive um and a lot of people vacation in the fall but fall is also all about you know uh buckling down and getting back to school or like <coughs> excuse me getting more focused on i don't know it's just this especially mm -hmm. if you live in northern climates you, you tend to be you know, far more focused and rigid during the fall time, far more scheduled. Um, so people don't vacation as much during the fall, which I think is a shame unless you're uh, looking at fall foliage or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, but thinking about when you want to go is step one. You know, when can you go and what times a year can you go? And then ideally you want to be able to spend at least three days on the ground in any place that you go to um just so you can get a solid dose in so like when you're well like the trip that you're talking about which i think is is an awesome trip like you know tell everybody like what what your what idea was posed to you yeah. and then the thoughts that went through your head right away about scheduling and you know like yeah, timing and stuff like for that sure. so on uh the Last day of 2023, when I went out fishing, I was with my buddy Ed, and we've talked about this a few times, but he brought it up, and he, he said more directly, he was like, 
would you want to go on a road trip across the country? And I was like, yeah, that'd be awesome, man. He was like, but where would we go? And I said, well, what about Sedona, Arizona and the Grand Canyon? And he was like, he smiled and he was like, yeah, that sounds awesome. And I'm like, all right, I've been there. I've been to the Grand Canyon in Sedona. So like, I'm, you know, that would be, I've wanted to go back. Uh, but this time have more, you know, we'll have a, a lot more allotted time and get to explore far more than I did when I was there. And, right. you know, cause when I was there in 2017, I was, we were only there for whatever, a few days, uh, we're planning to go and kind of stay in that whole area for about a week or so. Mm-hmm. So yeah, l- let me lay out a bit more of the, the grander, uh, plan and that what unfolded from there so we you know plugged it into our phone into the map sedona arizona see the drive and everything said uh one one day six hours i believe one day six hours and 2200 miles roughly so saw that on the map and we're like it's like a day of straight driving yeah yeah we're like okay well here, here's what we'll do. So on the way there, we'll break up the drive. He, he's mentioned uh, as well as part of it is that he wants to camp as we go. Yeah, you definitely like, got to right, stop, that's... man. Like, I'm like straight through is just dangerous. Oh, no, dude. for sure. Yeah, I wouldn't be doing that. But uh, so I'm like, all right, well, if we want to camp along the way, so what, we just got to find the, the points of interest along that route that we really want to see on mm-hmm. the way there. Uh, and establish that, find a campsite, you know, worst or, you know, worst case scenario, I suppose, you know, like weather's shitty for whatever reason, uh, we can just load it in the, in the back of the car. And, uh, I have that whole setup anyway, where, you know, put the seats down air pads, mm-hmm. all that. So you'd be good to go. Uh, and so break up the drive, you know, three days or so on the way there, get there really really soak in that area for like four or five days would be ideal. And then well, at some point while we are there and hope potentially on the drive there and back home, I would like to fish at some point. And whether I catch a fish or not, that, that yeah. isn't always, that's not necessarily the objective. It's just the fact that, you know, even attempt it. And on the way back, our plan is to do a, a similar thing to how we did on the way there is find the points of interest, but spread it out a little bit more and find a point of interest and stay there for two days instead or two, three days, maybe. And then another point of interest, two, three days and get back. So it's going to be a, a fairly long trip for sure, but it's well worth it. It's, you know, going to be an adventure and then some, and I'm, I'm, very excited for that and we were planning you know the timing like okay so what what's a good time to get there what or to do this even and you know i'm I'm starting to really like the end of september time frame like i'm getting away from from here like then you know kids are going back to school so i would imagine things are going to be a lot more open in the uh Mm uh in that side of things so and then another part of that is that hopefully as we're getting back the fall foliage is just starting or 
uh, getting good. So that'd be a, a nice treat. But we haven't found those points of interest on the way there or back quite yet or exactly where we're staying or anything. But it's the idea. It started. And, you know, we were sitting there for 30, 40 minutes just talking, bouncing ideas off each other. And it's like, all right, let's each part do our own little research, figure things out. Uh, but the first thing, honestly, that, that we covered and we got squared away was the money aspect of things. And so we, lo- we looked up the miles, we did some quick math and everything, and we're, we're trying to figure out, okay, well, you know, how much are we going to be spending on gas? How much is this trip going to cost us? How much is it going to be for food? Um, now, I would always add 50% to that figure once you come up with that number. You know, because something's going to go like on a road trip, something's going to go wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And that was something that we were thinking about as well. So, you know, we're like throwing out numbers like, okay, so how much do we each have to have saved up for this trip alone? And, you know, it's like, okay, well, how much is gas? Okay, we're at 500,000 for, okay, overall. All right. So, what if we each have, you know, around 1,200, 1,300 ready to rock and roll for the trip? And that way we are covered for, okay, if we need to get new tires or something, you know, on the, on the drive, um, you know, oil change, like that. and, you know, with the aspect of camping as well, like the, that for us, you know, the cost of food lowers when, you know, we're not going to have to be eating out uh, yeah. as frequently. So, you know, that was something as well. It's like, okay, well, we get you know, rice, and then we go into town, get mm-hmm. fill the cooler with whatever else we're going to get, you know, basic stuff, uh, nothing too elaborate, keep it simple and keep the cost down on that side of things and camping versus getting a hotel. So, you know, we'll, we'll get a hotel probably at the halfway point on the way down, perhaps, or once we get there for a few nights, for sure, one, two nights, and then probably at some point on the way back home as well. But then the rest of the night's camping, you know, saving quite a bit there. Most, a lot of them free, you know, you yeah. don't even have to pay for them half the time. So, uh, you, you just jogged my, uh, you, you got a, you got a couple things there that, that I think are, are awesome, uh, points of, of diversion. So, so the first, the overall concept of taking a prolonged, like, you know, it would have to be at least a two week vacation. Yeah, that's the point. Um, I th- like that's what I do when I go to Guyana, and and I think uh, th- there's an immense benefit to taking a vacation that long, and that uh, you really, after about five days, and I don't, I don't care. I mean, like I think five days for most is conservative. I, I don't think it'll take me that long anymore, but uh, just because I fish so often, but it will take you at least five days to shed your your pre like your earlier reality like you will it just to feel like you are no shit connected to this thing that you're on this journey that you're on like you were on a journey now you're not you know plugged into your old existence like your yeah, your your, routines, your main existence yeah. your routines from back yeah. home Right. So once you get past that, which I think takes about most people about five days, once you get past that, you're in this floating Zen like state for, you know, you want to stay there as long as you can, you know, and I, so I think like another 12 days or so, you'll get yourself into, you know, two, almost three week period 
that's an awesome vacation. The problem with that, though, obviously, is that uh, most, you know, a lot of people can't take that amount of time off. I would say this, though, like, look, if you're if you uh, get federal holidays off and two weeks PTO per year, I would strongly consider just doing a singular banger and just trying to figure out ways to eke eke in little breaks here and there otherwise, because it's just so fulfilling to do something, to do an extended like two to three week thing. If you can pull it off and like, you know, and and maybe it's not something that you could do this year, but maybe it's something that you plan to do next year Mm -hmm. and you you have good times now and then like really double down and go for it because it's a totally immersive uh, experience. You know, um, not feasible for everybody, but aspirational for sure. I think yeah. I think it's feasible for lots of people to do two week vacations. It's just whether or not they 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 think that they could get away with it. Um, I think most jobs will allow for it nowadays, but you know, well, yeah. So <clears throat> yeah, just you're, you're you got my brain thinking here on different aspects of this as well it's like last year or for the last few years it seems like my winter vacation is just is more so to pennsylvania for a longer longer stint and for me that is a big enough change of scenery for now and like that you know just even fishing for brown trout for sure is like you know like that's that's something different but beyond that yeah like i do like the you know i've liked the trips to virginia and i do enjoy that but uh winter time i would like to you know i'm building this different you know my my pattern as i go here and trying to think and it's like okay well winter is when i want to get away the most but it seems to be when i get away the the least yeah because we we, we have an inclination to hibernate yeah and like we you know we've uh we've got every winter we've gone through this not to go down this tangent too far but Mm -hmm. like we we had we had the same intellectual kind of uh battle last winter about the pros and cons of hibernation like look i you know there's a tendency for me to frown upon people that start to hibernate and get all jack nastied out in the winter time but i understand it Mm -hmm. and the overwhelming majority of mammals are doing the same thing right now so there's something to be said about it but we were talking about it we were out there on the water today we were um but so i think it's it's a super worthwhile time but the other thing that you when you started talking about budget that reminded me of something Mm was the camping now look um when i was your age until about my early 30s and i'm 45 now so my age when i was in my young 20s into my mid mid mid-ish 30s um i rarely stayed at hotels i camped all the time like i i and i had a baller ass camp man i i I got it was being on on a active duty you could get uh pro purchase rates through Big Agnes. Uh, mm. It was actually like experticity, or it was called promotive at the time. But you could you, you could get pro purchase rates at Big Agnes. So I had nice. fucking I had top notch gear. I had an awesome tent, awesome sleeping bags. Plus I was active duty, so I had great gear anyway. Especially yeah. when I was in in uh, Marsoc. So we camped all the time, dude. Like, and I had great equipment, you know. Uh, but then when I my wife and uh, it's my wife and my daughter though. Like we've camped here and there, but you know, especially if you and your wife are like intimate most of the time, like you you need to get into a hotel from just to clean, you know, like to get clean, you know. And then with with our daughter, it's like 
it sound it all sounds good but two days is like it, um you know things start to get crusty now can you train your family to be good and expeditionary yeah you can um you can definitely do that and and make it a priority for them i i, I don't know how tenable it is but it can be done yeah but what I, where i'm going with this is uh it is so much cheaper to camp and and if you just invest a little bit of money in high quality camping gear, it can be a straight up pleasurable experience. The, you know, the yeah. setup and 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 the the setup and teardown are inconvenient. Yeah, and dude, but there's so many times, make like when I was like in my young twenties, Nate and I, we would just like sneak into campgrounds at like midnight, you know, because there's nobody staffing them anymore. So we'd sneak in at midnight, throw up camp eat or like have a fire eat drink be passed out by three you know get like four hours sleep wake up tear our shit down and take off before the host was touring around to see if you know uh, trying to collect money like dude, we would do that all the time you know just sleep a handful of hours and just throw up camps and stuff like that was awesome you know and, and so if you're if you're in your 20s like i know like uh camping or even if you're like if you're um, single or just have your spouse and ne not necessarily toting kids around with you. It's uh, super easy to camp and it can be a great, like a great experience. I would just say this though, that even on a two week banger, it isn't, especially if you're, um, you know, on a trip or camping with like a, a somebody that you're intimate with, you definitely need to ho hit a hotel at least every three days just to just to get clean, man. Yeah. You know, uh, it's just it's, it's. I mean, that's my take on it, at least. Yeah, I'm. The, I think the hotels like just you can rough it for a while, but like you also at some point just need a bed to sleep. Yeah, too, like to to just rec recoup. Like that. That's kind of. But yeah, yeah no, like camping isn't. Like it does not take much. You just gotta. You have to have the right knowledge on what. Yeah. You know, like what are the components of it that you need? You know, it's. It's a worthwhile path to go on to go yeah. down because if you're trying to save money yet stay somewhere cool, um, and still be comfortable, it's totally worthwhile to and just it's set even up more immersive. Of yeah, an and it's it's worthwhile to have as part of like a breakout kit if anything yeah. goes down. So it's and it, so I, I like to do like one little camping trip a year just to make sure. sure all my shit's functional. Yeah. Um, but uh, I used to the, where I'm going with this. I used to camp a lot more. I rarely, I, I only camp like mm -hmm. maybe on two vacations per year at the most. Now, I mean, I well, when I go to Guyana, I'm, I, I guess that's camping. Yeah. I'm sleeping in a hammock in the jungle. Like there's no, we don't even have a roof over us. <clears throat> but so I guess it's kind of camping, but so that's, that's the other thing that I thought was really interesting. Cause you can, you can, uh, do trips, especially longer ones for much cheaper. It like, let's say your constraint isn't necessarily time. It's money. Like you could take a two week trip, but it's gotta be like pretty cheap. You know, you gotta, well, you can camp around a lot and see some really cool places and still, uh, you know, still live fairly comfortably you know mm -hmm. just by camping so <laughs> worthwhile to uh to think about too I, I i just rarely do it nowadays with my family if, yeah, it, if it was sure. if it was like even on like so the, the like the opposite of that trip which is what i i 
I don't dislike them, but uh, they can be a, a really fun, but they're they're not nearly anywhere close to the return on investment as far as money are like the bangers. Like I do a lot of like, and my thing is like, okay, however long it takes for me to, to travel there, the minimum amount of time that I'm going to spend on the ground is three X what it took for mm. me to get there. That's the minimum. But sometimes I break that, um, you know, like uh, when I did the Kansas trip, well, honestly, the Kansas trip only took me like five hours to get there, but I consider it a day of travel because like just getting to the airport, leaving, getting to the hotel, mm -hmm. all that stuff. Like, could I have fished that day for a little bit? Yeah. Um, but, you know, so it, it, I was kind of within bounds anyway, but to show up a place, stay there for three days and then depart. Like I've, I've done lots of trips like that uh, all throughout my Marine Corps career. Cause you, they just, you, they would, you could like could straddle a long weekend, like this weekend, for example, like or, or president's day weekend or any federal holiday, three day mm -hmm. weekend, you can do some pretty cool stuff, but it's, it's banger and it's really expensive. But it, to me, like, so for this upcoming year, um, I'm going to go fish Okeechobee in, in, out of my parents' house. And I'm going to go from, cause I have to fly out of Miami to get to Guyana this year. So I'm like, well, if I'm going to go down to Florida, I might as well go down and visit my parents and just do like a three day hardcore session of fishing before flying down to Guyana where I'm going to fish hardcore for two weeks. <laughs> it's like, yeah. but I'm like, I might as well get it done, you know? So I'm, uh, I'm not going to like not do anything cool during our daughter's winter break. So we're just going to go to Florida. So I'm going to do Okeechobee, then Miami, then get in a plane and go to South America. So that's like a banger attached to a longer trip. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then, um, but then again, like next year, I'm going to, or later on this year, I'm going to do the something uh, Atlantic City like I did in Kansas. Like fly in and take a late night flight too, like something that puts you on the ground at 7 p.m. Wake up in the morning, fish two days. You could stay in cheap places. It doesn't matter. And then get back on a flight and, and go home. You know, why? Just to change the scene up. And yeah, it's expensive. But for me, it's like, I, I'd still, I've never been to New Jersey. So I'd like to go do that. And I can't, I don't really have the time to do a longer duration trip. It's not a money thing. It's a time thing. Mm -hmm. um, so it's like, yeah, I'd rather just uh, fly in, make it happen, fully immerse myself for, you know, 48 to 72 hours and then break out. Um, so you got both of those types and the shorter duration ones are like you're, they're more expensive as far as like cost per day, you know, like what I, what I would spend on a, uh, one of those, uh, like banger style trips. I, I don't spend terribly more going to Guyana, you know? Um, it, just the amount of fishing that you get for the amount of money that you have to put into it or just general experience type trips in general. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Like we're going to go to Europe next year and that's or to uh UK next year, later on this summer. And I plan that the same way that, that, uh, that you did for uh, your Western trip. Mm -hmm. And they're like, okay, where do we want to go on this Island? These all look like big cities. So I want to, 
drive to a city, spend two nights there, then drive to, and I never want to drive more than two and a half to three hours. So drive gives me plenty of time to eat a couple meals in that location, spend two nights, you know, do it a full day, move to another spot, just move, move, kind of bop around and cover the whole thing in like just shy of uh, two weeks and uh, just mess around and, and take in the vibe. And then I just, we're definitely not camping. <laughs> we're yeah, like, yeah, yeah. it's with my wife and my daughter and we're like, here we are in, in the UK. It's like, well, we might as well just ball out yeah. and, you know, have, have a good time and just not have to worry about anything over there. So for sure, there's a time and place for that too, buddy. Yeah. So as for like my, my summer trip, I'm going to thousand islands again this year uh, nice. for that week. And I, my like already though, like my brain is, where am I expanding? Not fishing wise even, but like, what is, what else is around here that like I can go explore? Like, can I bring the yak with me and then go down some of these like super shallow creeks and see what's going to happen? So, yeah. uh, I really want you to do that this year. Yeah. It'd be so awesome to yeah. see what happens. Yeah. And, and, you know, just go outside the box. Um, so as for the, the winter and the spring, I don't really have anything planned, but, what just came to mind was doing the Adirondack trip, but in the winter time. Yeah. We the popular time that. to go up yeah. there. I've been there in the winter before. Absolutely beautiful. So yeah, be a worthwhile endeavor. But yeah, I like th- th- this, this winter I'm, uh, it's just because of how, uh, how I'm going to Florida and Guyana, like, together so basically mm-hmm. i'm going to be gone for three weeks yeah. and that's just c- kind of how it's going to stack up this year a little bit more than three weeks so i'm i can't do anything in january and i don't care you know mm-hmm. like i'm I'm just chilling we'll get get in sessions like we did out in the water today uh, just take my time work out you know get my feet ready to be barefoot 24 7 for a big chunk of time and just generally relax and keep reading and you know uh listening to podcasts etc for sure. All right. Cool. Yeah. That was fun, buddy. Everyone. Yeah, it was. All right. See ya. See ya.